I tried looking for you. I tried calling you from Paris, but I couldn't find you anywhere. I wasn't around. I had some things to take care of. Yeah, I heard. You know, I used to stay up at night, wondering, thinking, that there must be some special thing I'm supposed to do with my life because I'm immortal. And I had this illusion that because you were my teacher, that you would show me what it was. And you did. I got it now. There can be only one. Thanks, Teach. This is your answer? That's the way it is, isn't it? Get them before they get you. I've been practicing. Next time you pull a sword on me, it won't be so easy. You must mean Leather Boy. Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. This is Keith. This is Kyle. And this is Leather Boy. Oh, <laughs> so Leather Boy. You, if anyone was going to be the Leather Boy of this group. That's right. I was it's... in that uh, case in Pulp Fiction. Oh, really? Yeah. The Gimp's real name. Yeah, that case. Was Leather Boy. Yeah, yeah, Leather that case. Boy. yeah, the Gimp's real name is Leather Boy. That's right. <laughs> Bring out the Gimp. A.K.A. Leather Boy. They cut that part out. Yeah. Where he says, A.K.A. Leather Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Which, as we discovered a few weeks ago, isn't that also a Ninja Turtles villain? That's right. Leather Head. Leather Boy. Leather Boy Head. Et cetera. Yes. Et cetera, indeed. Well, before we jump into this week's episode, we thought we'd revisit the Highlander catalog. So we're going to play a little game. As always, I'm going to read a description from the Highlander catalog. This week, we are reading out of the 1997 10th anniversary of Highlander catalog. I will read a product description, and then Kyle and Eamon need to guess the price and get it as close as they can to win my respect for the rest of the episode. Are you guys ready? It's 1997. By what measure is that the 10th anniversary? Because the movie came out in 1986. Uh. My math skills tell me that the 10th anniversary could be in 1996. Well, they do what they got to do. All right. It's the 10th anniversary, guys. The 11th anniversary (laughs) Highlander catalog. It's commemorating the 10th anniversary. We ah, can still do that. There we go. We can still commemorate. So, like, yeah. when my, my my birthday just passed, I'm commemorating my 20th birthday. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you could. That's yeah. that's what I did that day. Uh-huh. I'm yeah. gonna remember Kyle's 20th birthday. birthday yeah. All right, you guys ready? Yes. All right, Highlander, the original, revealed for the first time. What? What? Uh-huh. <laughs> the classic you love, the version you've been waiting for. When Davis Panzer Heil. <sighs> When Davis Panzer hired, <laughs> when he hired, when Davis Panzer hired, <laughs> when Davis Panzer hired Russell Mulcahy, a founding member of the MTV's Music Hall of Fame, interesting, to direct the original Highlander movie, they knew they'd no be getting an unconventional film. 
But when they delivered it to the U.S. distributor in 1986, the suits told them it was too confusing. The suits. <laughs> this is amazing. The suits told them it was too confusing, even too bizarre for American audiences. The brass demanded cuts be made. Wow. Yeah. Suck it, suits. Now, ten years later, as part of Highlander's 10th anniversary celebration, the original film is intact, having been reassembled for U.S. audiences with never-before-seen footage fully restored. Enhanced with all the benefits of ten years of technical advances in sound and picture improvements, like this... Com- what? <laughs> is still not even on DVD? We're getting there. Is this VHS? <laughs> Hold on. Technical advances in sound and picture improvements, this commemorative release honors the legend in its purest form. Ooh, Ooh. uncut. Yeah. Uncut, yeah. So I like that this is implying that the original cut is impure. Yeah. Both VHS and LaserDisc feature. LaserDisc. And so there's bullet points. Never before seen footage. Hmm. New state-of-the-art digital widescreen transfer supervised by the producers. (laughs) Supervised. How do you supervise it? Stand over the technician. Hey, what was that? Like an inch on the top, inch on the bottom? That looks good. (laughs) It's in widescreen. Nailed it. All right. Digitally remixed audio soundtrack, which I got to tell you, that remix is still not too hard. It's really hard to hear the dialogue. Um, original theatrical trailer. Remember when that was a feature on DVDs? Yeah. That was the like trailer. Yeah, and like an interactive menu. Mm-hmm. That would be a bonus. Special collector's edition packaging includes a five-card limited edition collector's pack. Five cards? Wait, what is this? This is so vague. Special collector's edition packaging includes a five-card limited edition collector's pack. Of, of what? what? Cards, I presume. <laughs> I what? Cards of what? Like birthday cards? Yeah. To yeah. send? Because we're anniversary cards. cards. Yeah, exactly. Happy 10th Highlander anniversary to you, my good man. Ah, and then audio commentary by the films, producers, and directors. That's Directors? Good and director, excuse me. No, <laughs> oh, okay. Plus, the Laserdisc There's features. More. The laser, Laserdisc only features THX certification. Ooh. One more. <laughs> Adobe AC3 encoding. Adobe? Yeah, yeah Adobe. 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 These go to a 11. Dolby Ross note. <laughs> Dolby Ross note. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Screen-specific audio commentary. What does that mean? Oh, I guess that it's not just like an interview that they laid over the, uh, the video. Like It's like it matches up. He's talking about what's happening That's on the right. screen. <laughs> Hundreds of behind-the-scenes photos, production, and publicity stills. That's true. Photos. True. That is true. <laughs> photos. You viewed the laser test. Yeah. That's on the DVD. Uh, photos from scenes that were left on the editing room floor. Oh, they swept them up? Yep. <laughs> yeah, swept them up and put it's them right just, on the disc. It's actually just photos of the film reel. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, still frame slideshow, which is in quotes, highlighting the evolution of the film featuring reviews and publicity articles. Virtual 3D photograph of Highlander Katana. Cool. What? I don't know what that is, and I don't remember that on the DVD. So virtual, virtual 3D photograph of the Highlander. Katana. I don't know what that is. What is that? Is that just like a, a 3D rendering, like on the menu? No, it's <laughs> a virtu- it's a virtual th- 3D photograph. You got to put it's on your Oculus Rift. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're gonna get two prices for this one. So one. there is the Highlander director's cut video, which mm. is the you know is that the tape? That's the tape, and there is also the director's cut laser disc. Uh, now, also, there's another bit of description on this page, so I might might as well read it because we won't get to it later. So there's a letter here uh, from Russell McKay, Peter Davis, and Bill Panzer. Oh, boy. 
three offer offers three authors on this. Ten years ago, we took part in an amazing adventure: the making of Highlander and twelve. the birth of the legend. At this point, twelve years ago, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not often that you get a chance to revisit your work, and with the overview of time and the tremendous advances in technology, lift your achievement to a higher level. That's a little self-aggrandizing. As a result, we are able to present to you a totally remixed film. Remix! Remix. Resulting in a more dynamic soundtrack made possible by the wonder of AC3 Dolby Digital Surround Sound. The wonder. The wonder. Moreover, through a complete digital remastering from the original film, Elements, a significantly enhanced and more vibrant film has emerged. We hope you enjoy it. Russell McKay, Bill Davis... Nope, Peter Davis. Bill Davis. <laughs> Bill Panzer. So there we go, guys. So we're guessing first. How about you both give a, a guess uh, for the VHS? Let's do that in round one. Here we go. I am going to guess 1999. Okay. Kyle guesses 1999 for a VH copy. VH copy. VH VH copy. The S stands for copy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guess 24.95. All right. The actual retail price is 19.98. Ooh, Fuck. One set. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <off>. <laughs> Wait a minute. 1998? Why? The catalog was put out in 1997. <laughs> yeah, why is it 98 and not 99? <laughs> you don't want to know what they did with that extra penny. Yeah. I don't know. Huh? They had three authors on that letter, so they passed the savings on to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the next uh, guess is going to be for the laser disc. How much do you think a Highlander laser disc cost? Amen. Which does have extra features. 59.99. Okay. Ooh, I will guess $29.99. $29.99, and Eamon has guessed $59.99. Eamon is the winner. Actual retail price is $69.98. Whoa. Mama, not that $98 again. <laughs> I should have taken a what? note from that. What? <laughs> is, uh, did Rick James come in here? Or no, Little John? Little John. Damn it. What? Okay. <laughs> so that's 1997 money, too. What Jeez. do we think the conversion is on that? I'll look it up. Probably seventy dollars for a laser disc. Apparently, laser discs are supposed to be very like high quality picture wise. Are they like comparable to DVDs <sighs> or better? I don't know. Huh. But compared to video, I think they're supposed to be really good. They're also, if our listeners at home aren't familiar with laser discs, they're big. Yeah, yeah like that's like a record. record. Yeah. yeah, but it's like a CD. Yeah. Do you want to guess how much this would be in today's money? How much would you... I cannot imagine paying this much for... I mean, I can't imagine back then paying $70 for a movie. I guess 91 Eamon? I don't know. $150. $109. What the f- For a movie. For an hour and a half long movie. <laughs> That's like, no offense, like middling. It, but cute. Like, it, has, yeah. it has a 3D photograph of a Katana <laughs> sword. That's insane. That's crazy. Wow. Well, I guess we're tied, right? I guess you are. Neither of you gets my respect. <laughs> we're not, neither of us yeah. ever had it, so. <laughs> what a change. Yes. Yeah. However, will we go on? <laughs> I'll tell you how we're going on by reading some dates and deets about (laughs) the end of innocence. That's right. Is it the end of innocence or just end of innocence? I have end of innocence written down. Okay. Because sometimes I wrote the, and I'm like, I don't think that's what the episode's called. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, so interesting. What's the episode with Mikey called? The Innocent. The Innocent. Okay. (laughs) So there's the innocent and the end of innocence. Right. Mm -hmm. There's also innocent man. And there's the age of innocence. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh yep. boy! This might this might come back later in a game. This they've really oh, gone, interesting. <laughs> they've really gone to this well a lot. Well, I won't mention anything else about Age of Innocence. No, you can't. Like the stars or director. Do it. No. The, well, it's not that. You can't. 
The Taz won't spoil the game. Blah, blah, Taz won't talk Highlander. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, so this week, we are going to be talking about Season 5, Episode 2, End of Innocence. This episode was first aired October 7th, 1996. It was directed by Gerard Hamelin. Who? I don't know. This is his second of four Highlander episodes. His first was Judgment Day. Ooh, Last Judgment season. Clay. That's right. This episode was written by Mr. Maury Ravinsky, friend of the show. Yeah, this, big friend of the show. This is his sixth of eight episodes. He previously, in the order we saw them, was The Fighter, The Cross of St. Antoine, Blackmail, Brothers in Arms, and The Blitz. And everyone out there, don't they forget the, to the blitz. <laughs> don't forget to pick up a copy of his book, The Heart and Other Strangers. It's a collection of ten fantastic short stories. Head on over to theheartandotherstrangers.com and buy it today. <laughs> Pause the podcast. Buy the book. That's right. Right now. Read the book. And read the book. Then unbuzz and the then, podcast. Yeah. Uh, Wait for it to ship to you. <laughs> See you next week. Uh, yep. Yeah. So let's talk guest stars. This episode guest stars Chris Humphreys as Graham Ash. Uh, this episode also guest stars Chris William Martin as Carter Whalen. This guy has been in lots like Alien vs. Predator, which Hansen. came up. What's that? It said Hanson. That's a joke. Ah. Uh, He's not a member of the band Hanson. <laughs> Uh, Vampire Diaries, Felicity, and The L Word, which uh, Young Duncan was on The L Word as well, right? As, as gay, gay boy. boy. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to say something about Chris Humphreys. Uh, he was in a show called Gadget and the Gadget Teenies, Ugh. which is like an Inspector Gadget show where they're like Inspector Gadget children. What? Oh, I've never heard God. of that. I've like never Muppet heard of this. For Inspector Gadget? I think it is. <laughs> I'd never heard of it until I looked at the IMDb episode. Thing. How did that not last? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was just like, what? <laughs> Gadgetinis. I've got, got one of those at a happy hour before. Their brains. So I get a, mine dirty with extra olives. Here's a little. <laughs> yeah, here's my gadgetinis. Yeah. Here's a little description of it. Uh, Gadget is now a lieutenant and member of an organization called Womp. World Organization of Mega Powers. <laughs> He's aided in his work by Penny, who is now 12 years old, as well as new oh, yeah. robot. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> as well as new robot characters, Digit and Fidget, the titular Gadgetinis. <laughs> and they were invented by Penny. So this is creepy. Penny invented gadgets like children. <laughs> Which makes her their His father. father. Wait, what's Penny's relationship to Gadget? That's her uncle? Yeah. So wait a minute. If, if she is the niece of Gadget... <laughs> But his, he's also the mother of Gadget's <laughs> children. <laughs> then she's, she's their aunt and mother. No, no. Is, she's their cousin and their mother yeah. at the same time. This is fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. And then it says Brain and Chef Quimby make Chef, chef Quimby. Quimby. Chef Quimby's a, <laughs> he came up police work and became a, a chef. <laughs> God damn it. Brain and Chief Quimby make brief appearances in this series. How did Brain and Quimby get fucked out of this show? Yeah, right? They're only like They're four major characters. characters. There are only four characters in this whole show. Yeah, we're going to make this new gadget show called Gadget and the Gadgetinis, but I'll be fucked if Quimby and the dog are in it. <laughs> Anyway, I thought that was funny. Do you know if Dr. Wait, Claw what? is the villain, or is there a new, the smaller villain? Oh, I didn't, I, didn't actually, I didn't actually read this sentence. Dr. Claw, now with the first name George. <laughs> George. George Claw. Returns as the main villain with his relatives introduced in some episodes. With his relatives? I it's a whole family drama. Anyway, that's... Who does he play in the Gadgetinis? Jesus Christ. 
We'll have to watch. We should watch this later. We'll watch this later. God damn it. So awesome. Oh, boy. Also guest starring. uh, Oh, we already mentioned Chris Martin from Coldplay uh, as Carter Whalen. Then Rayal Andrews as Harish Clay. He's been a regular on All My Children and Days of Our Lives, Days of Our Lives, and As the World Turns. This guy is like Mister Soap Opera. Yeah. He was on 150 episodes of General and Hospital. General Hospital. So like many this guy's yeah. the king of sit- uh, I said sitcoms, soap operas. He's the king of sitcoms. Boom, 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 boom. That's that Kevin James show, right? King of sitcoms. Yeah, the yeah. king of sitcoms. Well, that's why he goes through the door that way because he's the king of sitcoms, <laughs> like Kramer. Uh, this episode also guest stars Rachel Hayward as Delilah. She also played the Duchess in Leader of the Pack, and that's the Duchess Boinkner. Yeah. Oh shit! Right. They love reusing these characters. Yeah. But at least yeah. you can't tell who it is, which is yeah. a yeah. crazy tell. wig. No. Yeah. yeah. Finally, this episode also guest stars Gary Jones as that like hotel guest guy. Uh, in the hallway, uh, we know him from Stargate as the gate operator, Chief Master Sergeant Walter. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. and he was also in Bad Day in Building A as the janitor. He could still be the same character as the janitor. Yeah, he's moved on to just, other he's, shitty he's jobs. Just another, he cleans up a hotel instead of the Building A. Well, he was traumatized by the, the bad day he had in Building A. <laughs> And so then he moved on to this place where people fight with swords. This guy can't catch a break. Nope. Nope. Mm. We ready for the IMDb episode description. Sock it to me. It reads, Richie is haunted by bitter dreams of Duncan trying to kill him, burying his fear by picking fights. That's is that bad. That's not a good sense at <laughs> no. all. Duncan is haunted by the need to eliminate his friendship with Watcher Joe. we almost need to start over this sucks so much (laughs) that is richie is haunted by bitter dreams of duncan trying to kill him burying his fear by picking fights duncan is haunted by the need to eliminate his friendship (laughs) with watcher joe but when one of richie's immortal victims turns out to have been a protege of immortal harish clay duncan and joe between them may not be able to save richie that was one of the worst written ones ever. Yeah, no, that was brutal and long. I need to eliminate my friendship. <laughs> and it haunts me. Oh, oh boy. my God. Let's talk about how it opens. <laughs> yes, in the dojo. Punching that bag. He's working out. He's working punch, that bag in that the bag. dark. Yeah. I was. So, I let out an ooh when Richie appeared. Richie hasn't been on in so many episodes. He hasn't what? been on since um, Something Wicked. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, but he did nice. none of the Paris episodes uh, in season four. That's depressing, but he's back. We get some jazzy music and some Dutch angles. Mm-hmm. There, there are so many Dutch angles in this. I thought I was like going to be sick at a certain point. I'm like, I am so disoriented perpetually. Also, like, is this on a boat? <laughs> At some point during this, I was like, is this a dream or is this real? And I like thinking that it is real and Duncan's pranking Richie by pretending to still be evil Duncan. <laughs> like, I got you. <laughs> that would be really funny. Yes. And also horrible. horrible. <laughs> Something Mac would probably do, though. He's bad judgment. So we get like a fight with evil Mac and Richie goes for his sword. But Mac like puts his hand, foot down on Richie and he's going to give him the chop. That's right. So then Richie wakes up in a trash Olive green apartment looking place. Yeah, what happened to his old pad? Yeah, I don't get like, why is he sleeping at the dojo? Where's all this furniture and like all this crap he's accumulated? Well, I guess I think we find out later this is like a halfway house or something like that or like a boarding room. So I guess that makes sense. And what? I guess he's not staying at the dojo because he's scared of Mac. Like Mac will know where to find him. I uh, sure. Yeah. The logic. Because yeah. he had his own place. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He did have his own place with baby 
Oh, right. What's his name? Yeah, so I guess maybe he's hiding. Yeah. Cannot run poverty. Right. So that's our, like, cold open little teaser there. It's like, Richie had a nightmare. Cold open. Right. So uh, after the opening credits, we cut next morning at the dojo, and Duncan's doing some, like, slow-mo kata shit with a knife. This is doing some knife work. Now make your knife work, men in black people. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Joe shows up, and Mac is just a dick. Yeah. This episode is just Mac being an asshole. Yeah. Like, 80% of the time. Joe's like, I'm back in town. And Mac's like, I heard. I'm like, from who? Who told you? Yeah, great question. Well, I don't know. Do you have other Watcher friends that you haven't uh, eliminated <laughs> yeah. friendships with? Yeah. <laughs> haunted by the need to eliminate the friendship. Joe, I've been haunted by the need to eliminate you as my friend. I don't want to make this any older than it is. I'm just trying to do my knife colors in peace. Leave me alone. Richie has maybe gone off the deep end a little bit, and he's picking fights and Joe is concerned that their pal Richie's going to pick a fight with the wrong person and end up dead. Right. And we do get some, like, season four recap here. Joe talks about how, like, hey, I think things are going to be okay in Paris with the Watchers. Like, we're going to make it into the 21st century. It's like, okay. Like, so things seem to be back on track. But back on track. But Joe's totally cool with being Max's friend still, even though that was perhaps the source of all the problems before. Uh, but Duncan is hearing none of this. He's like, just turn around, Joe. Get out of my face. We get a flashback here mm-hmm. to r- essentially the immediate aftermath of the dojo fight in Something Wicked. So they are there, and Joe's like, yeah, he couldn't help it. It wasn't really Duncan McLeod. And Richie's just like, whatever, man. I thought I'd come from the dojo and gojo, and you're not helping me out. <laughs> I like the line that Richie delivers here. It's like, you know, I always thought this, like, there could be only one stuff was just talk. Like, that it wasn't real. But I believe it now because, like, my best friend turned on me. So after we get that little recap, we're back resuming the previous scene in the present. Uh, And this is where, yeah, Joe gives the whole lowdown on Richie's, like, just picking fights and being a real dickhead. Also, there was just a weird bit of dialogue. He's like, oh, we've heard, like, Richie's headed back into town. But then, like, when the scene ends, he's like, oh, by the way, like, Richie's staying at a house at South and Pine. I was like, is he headed back to town or is he in, in town? town? Yeah. But whatever. He's in town. But also, uh, isn't it kind of weird how Mac responds to this? Like, I get that he doesn't like Joe anymore, but shouldn't he be a little troubled about Richie? He doesn't seem to care at all. Well, he's, at least or is he just to... putting up a smoke screen for Joe? I think it's yeah. that. Yeah. I think that's what we're supposed to think. Mm. But then again, Mac's a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> that's just true. <laughs> Joe storms out. He's like, nah, this is very staying. Yeah. Do, it, do, do what you ever you want. We can just it. go to hell. <laughs> so we cut to this boarding house, and Richie is tossing and turning and having one of these like bad dreams of fighting did, Mac. Didn't we just see this? Yes. Oh, so that yeah. was like, we just did this we don't need to be reminded of this again again yeah you remember what we saw 10 minutes ago this was our third like reminder that they had a fight I, although i do kind of like the effects they put on it. it's like kind of yeah. dreamy and like echoey i thought that was kind of cool so then richie wakes up from this dream grabs his sword and like looks outside so richie goes down and this is the clip at the top of the episode richie and mac have like a little confrontation here i kind of like all of this this is good yeah richie is still very wary of mac and he thinks that mac has somehow shown him his purpose in life which is just that there can be only one, I guess. Right. Which doesn't seem so much like a purpose. Like, why does he identify with that? Well, I think just Richie's been searching for some sort of meaning and thought Mac could provide it. And I think Richie's just come to terms with, oh, there is no meaning. That was the yeah. the answer. Like, I just had to become a remorseless killing machine to survive <laughs> or something. Yeah, which like doesn't necessarily seem like it follows to me. But I kind of like this. So, like, I don't know. I sort of like this version of Richie a little bit. Was I wrote, I wrote in my notes. And then the very next scene, I was like, oh, too far. Fuck this. Yeah. I do like the line he says to Mac, which is that, like, 
next time you pull a sword on me, like it won't be too easy because I've been practicing or whatever. I was like, oh, damn. Yeah, noise. Like, uh, I do like the idea of them becoming adversaries. Like, they don't really explore that in the show. Like, this is kind of maybe as deep as they get into it. But, like, it'd be cool if they really <laughs> became foes. Yeah, and it would work. And there's, like, great reason for it. Because, mm-hmm. like, Mac did try to kill him. And that's got to be very traumatic for a young, impressionable student. You're right. But then Mac can't leave this interaction without lecturing Richie. <laughs> right. So, like, maybe this isn't the best time to do that. <laughs> Mac ne- has never encountered a time that wasn't a great time to lecture someone. Nope. Right. After this scene, Mac walks away, and then we get a very special scene where Richie has to get his bike back for that some he's reason. sold. Because Richie has no money for whatever reason. Yeah. And he sold it for 1800 bucks, but now the guy wants 2400 so he threatens to burn <laughs> all of his bikes <laughs> yeah and he douses them all in gasoline yeah it's like this is just a bridge way too far because like this isn't just like richie is like hardened in some way right this, this is, is just wrong but, like richie's just being an asshole to mortals mm-hmm. like on the one hand richie's counter to this guy being a little bit of a dick is like a hundredfold yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, let yeah. me cause this thing on my burn your business down and kill you yeah yeah it's just so disproportional i do and, like that richie doesn't like being called a kid here like i was like oh that's that's a good bit like that richie wants to be growing up i'm a big kid <laughs> yeah i'm so. a big boy now <laughs> it's me richard ryan <laughs> i'm the big boy <laughs> it's the leather boy <laughs> yeah, he's the, I'm leather, the leather boy <laughs> he actually opened up uh the chain big boy oh <laughs> richie's big boy yeah after the scene after richie gets his bike back which is a completely unneeded story element this is just to show that he's badass now uh, yeah yeah which it. everything else that he does does the job perfectly fine yeah we see in his interaction with mac that he's like now a badass yeah right. it's, like, okay it's all works without this yeah this is just a distraction <laughs> then we get an insane dutch angle <laughs> it's this so, is crazy <laughs> This is so Dutch, it might as well be a tulip crisis, yeah. am I right? I mean, basically. Yeah. I was like, what is that? Like, it's like a spinning Dutch angle <laughs> thing. <laughs> of just a car. <laughs> so we are now at Delilah's Bar, wherever this mm-hmm. is. Yeah, mm-hmm. Delilah's. <laughs> In, In Philadelphia, Philadelphia <laughs> there is a strip club called Delilah's Den. <laughs> All right, so we're at Delilah's, this bar. It's a real dumpy bar. There's a sign above the, the bar that says, like, oh, like, beat Delilah in an arm wrestling, get a free beer. Yeah, which I was like, this is weird. What an odd character, just Delilah. A strong the, woman. Yes. The, the skinny, hot woman with Guys, super we, strength. Guys, we, we do say we want more strong female characters in this show, and it delivers. It delivers. Yeah. We got an arm wrestling bartender. She is strong, or at least her right arm is. So this dude at the bar challenges her. He loses, and then Richie gives her some shit like, oh, like, you couldn't even give this beer away, like, <laughs> or whatever. And I then, don't really understand that joke. I think it's supposed to be like, it's so crappy. bad, oh. you wouldn't even want it for free. Yeah, mm. but Richie paid for it. Carter Whalen comes in, orders like a double Carter shot. Carter Whalen sounds like an old man. <laughs> You're going to have to fight Carter Whalen. Uh, he was the undersecretary of education for, for, for Franklin Delano Roosevelt. So anyway, he orders a double scotch, and then for some reason he changes his order to a, like a haircut and a whatever, like a shave and a haircut. I was like, I don't get this joke. He doesn't change it to that. She teases him. Are you sure you don't want a shave and a haircut? Because he's he got long, long hair. floppy hair. Also, yeah. do you think there's a drink called a shave and a haircut? No, I Does didn't think that. two bits? <laughs> I thought he was like, I want a shave and a haircut, and I was like... Never mind, guys. I might have been. <laughs> this is our floating. best work. I might have been kind of drifting in and out here. Richie, for some reason, decides to be just a piece of. Well, garbage. this guy's immortal. If that was not clear. Oh yeah, there's a he buzz. He gets a buzz. 
He gets in a bus. Oh, yeah. So he's like, oh, we are fighting now. Uh, why am I doing this? Why did we start doing this? He gets in a bus. The chef from Inspector uh, <laughs> Gadget. Yes. Chef Quimby. <laughs> chef, chef Quimby. He does Get make this bus. message. This pizza will self-destruct. So anyway. Oh, no. he No, he does say a beer and a haircut. Because her name's Delilah and his name is Samson. There it is. Oh, there it is. I didn't look at my notes. See? Yeah. There was something there. And then but Richie's like, you're going to need more than a haircut. Wait, what does that wait, mean? Wait, his name is Samson? What? No, it's Carter. It's Carter, I thought. But because he has long hair. Not that his name is Samson, <laughs> but he has long hair and her name's Delilah. This is, that's very convoluted. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I feel better for not getting it. Uh, yeah, his name isn't Samson, but... Good job decoding the, that. The Delilah is the is the joke, but that that that's a, a big a big dig. <laughs> mm, big dig. <laughs> that's a big dig. Leather boy. <laughs> so anyway, Rishi and Leather Boy decide to go at it. They're like, "Go I'll meet you outside," just because they're having a dick measuring. So contest. I just want to say another thing. He says, "He's like, are you looking for trouble, Richie?" And Richie says, "No, I'm looking for you." And then Carter says, "The only head in here yes. I'm looking for is the head on a glass of beer." <laughs> Which he never ordered. He ordered yeah. a scotch. <laughs> so we get any sense. This is a convoluted mess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like there were four scripts and they just smashed them all together. The only head I'm looking for in here is head to give in the black bathroom. In the black bathroom? <laughs> Excuse me. I'm, what? <laughs> the, the what? The bathroom, but I said the bathroom. <laughs> What the fuck has happened? <laughs> I don't know. I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> anyway, so these two jabronis head outside. They get in their cars and yes, drive out. <laughs> they, drive, and they drive out into the middle of the desert. Apparently, like, where do they go? I think it's underneath like the overpass here. I don't think they go far. I think they go a couple blocks. Yeah, but Carter has an enormous pickup truck. <laughs> And Richie's on his little bike. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, Harish, so we had a fight. Yeah, we have a fight. I kind of dig this. Yeah, I like this a lot, actually. Yeah, like the guy's like, ah, uh, like it's not worth losing your head over a bad joke, right? But then we get to see back inside the bar right. a very handsome gentleman. We later learn is Haresh Clay is looking for Leather Boy. That's right, BFF Leather Boy, and that is intercut with shots from this fight. Right, because that's a cool like camera work. Yeah, I like the way these two things are intercut, because he's like, oh, I wonder what's happening, where my friend is, and it's like, well, we as the audience know he's getting the shit kicked out of him. That's something this show needs to do so much more of, I think. Like intercutting between Intercut scenes? fights with other things. Yeah. A lot of fights in this show feel like they don't have a lot of tension to them. Mm. You're just watching a sword fight, and it just kind of happens. Like, I'm just envisioning, like, the end of Return of the Jedi, like... Oh, yeah. That's so climactic, but it's because there's a bunch of things going on. There's emotional content. It lets you, like, even if your two fighting characters are going to stop and have a conversation, you can find ways to introduce emotional tension into the fight by something going on elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They needed to do that. They do uh, it in the episode The Colonel, I think. That's one of the few episodes. Remember when Duncan gets, like, was it? Is it the Colonel where he gets like ambushed at the beginning? Oh yeah. And Amanda's like at the bar. It's a very similar scene to this. Yeah. Like, hey, where's my friend? And Amanda's like, oh, I'm waiting for Duncan. I guess he's late. And you he's see like, Duncan getting like the shit kicked out of he's him. He's getting like yeah. ambushed. Right. It does help. That was a great scene in the Colonel. Yeah, that was the best the scene. Best in that. scene in that episode, except for the spider. Second, second best, best scene yeah. in that episode. Uh, and there's weird like carny music playing in the yeah. bar. That's very that? weird. Yeah. yeah. This fight is like down and dirty with Reggie. I kind of like the way he fights. Like he's like kicking him with like his knees and like elbows and it's i don't know this isn't like a polished fight it seems like very hectic yeah uh which is good but richie wins the fight 
just as Clay is driving up. How does he know? How does he know to come here? Yeah, I, I didn't oh, yeah. get does, that does either. Does Delilah say they drove off that way? Yeah. And she's like, oh, surely they went to the abandoned lot? Like, yeah. what was the deal? I don't know. But he finds him, and so he's screaming after You're Richie. a dead man! <laughs> and then Clay just shows up at Richie's apartment. Like, we cut, like, right into that, and I have no idea what happened. Well, Richie's in bed reading a dirty magazine or something by himself. Still in his garb. Like, yeah, he still, looks like shit. He's yeah. dirty. He's still wearing, like, his trench coat and leather gloves <laughs> reading a magazine. <laughs> And then fucking Clay. Oh, this is so good. Hulk's in. I could watch Haresh Clay trash Richie's apartment all yes. day. Just, he hulks through that door. He doesn't, I just even try to open it. It just yeah. seems like he just, he just goes, goes boom. He just takes it apart. The door looks like it's made out of cardboard. But he also says, hiya, when he comes in. Uh, Amazing. He flips uh, his the table. table. <laughs> And I was trying to look at, like, what he had on the table. It was just, like, a bunch of knickknacks and stuff. <laughs> Sounds about right. Did anyone also notice, like, the Middle Eastern-y sort of music that's happening here? Yeah. I was like, uh-oh. Uh-oh, uh-oh that, that was it. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> that song in Encino, man. Oh, ooh, boy. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So then we get a great Richie escape. This is Richie's preferred method of escape, which is leap, leap through a window and yeah. fall downstairs. But before that happens, they are fighting... And uh, ah, yes. like his sword is kind of pinned, and Clay like whacks it, and it splits in twain. Yes. So finally, putting an end to the often hated Richie sword that right. would like cut his hand. Yeah, that would like that explode was, like, glued together. Yeah. Uh, and this episode was apparently specifically written for that reason. Was like oh, we wow. need to eliminate Richie's sword. Hmm. This is the way we're going to do it. Because they were just so sick of it. It was like a hazard on set. If only they did that like three seasons ago. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that have been nice? Don't worry, there's an episode coming up where there's a flashback and Richie needs his old sword. Oh, good. <laughs> they had to reorder it <laughs> and use it again. Amazing. So Richie's able to escape on his bike. Uh-oh. So we cut to Duncan's loft and Max cleaning up his sword and Joe shows up unannounced. And I was like, how the fuck? Does Joe have a key? To Duncan's loft, like he must. How does he just get up there? You can't just take that elevator wherever you want. Wherever he leaves it unlocked. All those gym guys coming. Yeah, he's constantly getting gym rats coming up. Like, yo, it's just a shower. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's the shower. It's all. They they just use his (laughs) private shower. It can be if you want it to be. Oh boy. (laughs) So maybe Joe's the one who put those sheets over uh, Mm -hmm. the stuff because he has a key. That's right. So he's like, ah, Richie's even in even more trouble than before. Right. Max, like, he can take care of himself, but then Joe's like, no, he can't. He doesn't have a sword. Duncan thinks that. Based on what? Like his Richie's bad attitude. That yeah. Richie was mean to him. Yeah. Well, well Richie, surely this yeah. guy learned everything you need to learn. He's a dickhead. So. <laughs> just like me. Yeah, exactly. That is the lesson that Mac is trying to teach in this episode because he's just relentlessly mean to Joe. Yep. At this point, yeah, Joe shows him the, the broken sword and reveals that it was Harish Clay yeah. that did the chopping. Is it Harish or Harish? Harish. Harish. Harsh. Harsh claw. Harsh radish. Harsh radish. There it is. That's it. All right. That's the same. So anyway, Duncan looks very concerned when he hears the name Harish Clay. Or Harish Clay. Or Clay. Or Clay. What's Clay Boris. That's right. Clay Boris. Clay Boris. episode. So we get a flashback to... Duncan fighting Captain Morgan. Southern Europe. 16. 57. This is a pretty cool fight, I think. Like, I like the choreography. It's, like, kind of slow-mo, which is neat. 
It is cool. And this guy is... Graham Ash. Yeah, that's right. He is a storied fencing master who's like just kind of toying with Duncan. Right. The inventor of the Thracian lunge, apparently. <laughs> and a uh, uh, more storied history as well. Out of uh, nowhere, yeah, I, he's like, oh, and by the way, I trained Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. And Duncan is like, like what? Connor's teacher? Hey, for the guy that trained... Ramirez, this guy is a chicken shit. <laughs> what makes you say that? Because when he sees Clay, he's like, shit. <laughs> well, he does I mention he's like, I'm good, but there's here. people that are better. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then, and then they dropped the Kurgan's name in this, too, which I was like, yeah. wow. Uh, yeah, he says the Kurgan was better than Ramirez. Oh, I had a note on here, by the way, if listeners remember from last episode, I mentioned the idea that this is like soft reboot territory of mm-hmm. the show in the last episode, like reestablishing Duncan's role in the show. I kind of had a similar note here. I was like, hey, like, they're retreading the movie connections. Are they also thinking, like, we're getting new viewers, new advertising push. Let's, you know, mention Ramirez, mention the Kurgan. I don't know. But Ash has, oh, well, like, we, yeah. a message. He's like, you know, we fight to stay alive, but don't forget to live. So he has this very I like non-Richie this. stance. He's like, you're immortal. That's cool. You should take advantage of that. Yeah. I like that this is very much opposite of... Like, what we typically see is, like, the curse of immortality, and people's like, oh, you, like, it's very depressing. Like, this guy has a very happy viewpoint on it. It's like, oh, we get to see these things, learn these things, et cetera, et cetera, which is good. But then, who are nearby but Clay Boris and Carter? That's right. Two C names, by the way. Oh, yeah. What's the, I don't see anything. That's the problem. What is that? I don't know. They just roll up, and he's, like, Ash already knows that it's Clay. Yeah, good question. So, like, I'm very confused by what all of this is. Also, <laughs> they're then like, you need to go to Holy Ground. And he's like, Which they're oh. conveniently next to. Why doesn't yeah. he just go to Holy Ground? They're, like, cut off. No, they're not. Mac just casually gets up and walks, like, ten feet to Holy Ground. No, because they, they walk his horse in front of them, and they let Mac go. But oh, Ash really? But in between. Yeah. Oh. Or at least that's, that's how I remember it. Huh. Uh, interesting also like during the fight at any time he could have gotten himself on holy ground like instantly yeah. <laughs> but it just doesn't chooses not to avail himself of this so how's this fight play out clay beats ash really quickly yeah <laughs> but then he like kind of fakes him out well there's like a moment where like ash doesn't have a well, sword anymore it's like oh like is he a man of honor ash's whole shtick has been like oh there's so much life to lead like you don't fight your purpose in life is not to fight. Your right. purpose in life is to live, and you get to keep doing that if you get good at fighting. Which is an interesting contrast to Richie's whole shtick, mm-hmm. who now thinks the entire purpose of his life is to fight. That's true. Here's the thing. I noticed that Ash, when the fight started, was holding his sword like... He wasn't holding the sword forward. He was like holding it like backwards. Huh. I was like, hey, maybe if you held your sword the right way front, you wouldn't have lost it quick. <laughs> yeah. So pointy end out. So Clay somehow like disarms him. I don't know. It's all kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is all good choreography. There's lots yeah. of good choreography in this episode in general. So he gives him the chance to pick his sword up, and he does, and tries to get Clay. Yeah. But Clay grabs him and stabs Ash. Makes Ash stab him with his own sword. Yeah. How did you guys read this next scene? I was conflicted on what it was communicating. Ash kind of starts begging for his life. I couldn't tell if Duncan was like, oh, my God, he lost the fight. Or I kind of was reading it as my, my, like, hero, my, like, teacher is begging. Like, this is so dishonorable. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I thought thought he was disappointed, yeah. He does seem disappointed. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, obviously, it's not a dignified way to go out. And Clay also seems to think so because he cuts his goddamn head off. Yeah. Clay... (laughs) 
seems like not such a great guy. <laughs> yeah, this, this is an interesting. I feel like we're not. I don't know what I'm supposed to think of Clay. Well, I I think that's part of that's deliberate. I don't think Clay's evil. David Case is no different. Only he overtly talks about praying, but who gives a shit? Yeah, and also uh, like later they. I mean, he's like after Graham Ash. Like he didn't come for Mac. Like I I get the impression there's supposed to be some sort of history. Like part of me was thinking well, is like maybe Graham Ash did something no- bad. Like. Or who knows? Like, or he just knows that Graham Ash is considered like one of the best, and yeah. he's like coming for him. Mm-hmm. Well, no, because uh, Cullen, right? Clay says we were destined to meet, so mm-hmm. I don't think they've met. Interesting, yet, but yeah, but and yet Graham Ash knows who he is. Yeah, so like, th- there's always the weird right. aspect of like how information gets around about these immortals, right? right? So we cut back to the present day. Max still looking at like Richie's broken sword. Joe questions his own involvement in all of this. I don't know why Joe still wants to get involved. I mean, I don't know. This is a this will they won't they thing in this episode is kind of crazy. Because then Mac exposes Joe's watcher tattoo and he's like, This is who you are. Yeah, this is all odd. Mac just doesn't want Joe to interfere. Right. Yeah, like oh, what happens with Richie is my problem. It's like mm, mm-hmm. not really. So Mac throws him out. He's like, we're we're done again. We're breaking yeah, up. We're, again. we're breaking up again. <laughs> Thank you for keeping trying. Joe <laughs> is such a fucking doormat in this. Yeah. Everyone is so mean to Joe. Joe really tries to. Yeah. He really tries to make everybody I think happy. He, I think he does Richie dirty in the next scene. Yeah, so let's talk about the next scene. What happens to Joe's Eamon? Richie wants to borrow money from Joe so he can buy a sword, because his sword exploded, mm-hmm. as we saw. And Joe won't give him the money. Yeah, he wants. He needs like a couple grand, right? And Joe's like, "Sorry, like that crosses a watcher line because I'm going to be helping you in the game." Which everything he just tried doing to help Richie with Mac is right. the same. It's the same. Also, it made me think like, did Mac's words really convince you? <laughs> like, That's what it sounds like. Like it's like, oh, like you were fine helping up until Mac was like, oh, I guess you have a good point now, and now I'm done. I think we're supposed to think that Mac's constant lecturing wins him over, right? I. Ugh. If I was Joe, I would not be able to make this decision. Oh, I know you really need this sword, Richie, and me not giving you the money, which it seems like he has, will probably result in your death. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very likely. Like, I know this very dangerous immortal is after you. Yeah. I was just like, geez, this is fucked. (laughs) It is. He even, like, goes back and says, like, well, maybe I shouldn't have even saved you or whatever. Like, when he shot Mac. Well, then Richie's like, saving my life was a mistake? Is that what you're saying saying to me? Yeah, Joe really puts his foot in his mouth and chews it. Yeah. I don't know about this. Yeah. So, now Joe has broken up with Richie, too. Yep. So, first, Duncan breaks up with Joe. Then Joe breaks up with Richie. No, Richie breaks up with Joe. Oh, Richie does break up with Joe. Joe just... Joe isn't like, I don't want to be your friend. He's just like, I can't lend you the money to buy a sword. Right. And Richie breaks... Carter and Clay up for them. Yeah, with murder. Yeah, <laughs> with murder. Yeah, a lot of breakups. Yeah, a lot of breakups. Well, Clay this broke the up. Episode. Yeah. Ash uh, and cool. McLeod. Yeah. yeah. Uh, horseradish breaks up Richie's door from its door frame. That's true. <laughs> hey, rewatchers. Are you looking for another way to support the Highlander Rewatch podcast? We know you are because you love us just that much. You can find us on patreon.com slash rewatched. That's patreon.com slash rewatched. And you can join in and pledge. You can join the team. 
Kyle, tell us, what is Patreon? Patreon is a crowdfunding website. It is a way to, uh, you know, keep things that wouldn't attract big-name sponsors, like, dare I say, a delightful podcast about a 30-year-old franchise. You know, get real groundswell support to keep them running. So you get to pledge an amount every month and keep this podcast running and free. And if you support us, not only do you get the warm glow in your heart of knowing you have supported other great Highlander fans and supporting Highlander-related content, do you even get some uh, really cool perks, like a shout-out on the show, our amazing magnet sets, some unique art from rewatcher Eamon, and... For some special elite listeners, even an occasional fan interview to bring your love of Highlander to the world. Wow. So what's this cost? Like a uh, hundred bucks? It costs whatever you want it to cost, my friend. Wow. No amount is too small. No amount is too big. And you can uh, contribute at whatever amount you're comfortable with. You know, if you think our show is worth a dollar a month, we'd love to have it. Become a patron of Highlander Rewatch today. Okay, so we now cut to the museum in some day for night. Yeah. <laughs> Blueness. Very blue. Richie is using some of his old burglar skills. I like that they go back to this. Yeah. It's like, oh, Richie can steal shit. Yeah, he's got that bet in his bag of tricks. Uh, but he gets the buzz and suddenly feels the urgent need to speed up his plans. And he freaks the fuck out <laughs> trying to get this sword out. Yeah, yeah, he like smashes a case summoning the police. Clay has been like camped out in yeah. the museum all night. Yeah, it's like, like, I knew he, you would come here. He's pulling a Ben Stiller. Oh, yeah. Having a little night at the museum. Night at the right. museum yeah. He's also dressed as Amelia Earhart. I didn't come for your honor, boy. I came for your head. Like, Richie I tries like to talk his way out of this. Right. And he's, he like, can't. he's fighting a man that's uh, not very honorable. Yeah. <laughs> and at this point, does, does Richie even know why Clay is after him or no? Does I he know that think it so. has anything to do with Carter? I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't. Because then he mentions him, and that's when Rich, Richie says, oh, you mean Leather Boy. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. How, how in this moment can Richie still be an asshole? Yeah, like be joking about the guy whose head he cut off. Right. And this, this is the moment where Richie should be like, oh, my God, like my behavior has gotten me into has this. Has consequences. <laughs> yes. Richie is Cullen in this episode. Like, Richie's doing the same thing Cullen did to Richie. Right. Like, Cullen, Cullen just comes up to Richie in a bar and starts a fight with him. Yep. For no yeah, reason. For no reason. And, and now like, Richie's doing the same thing. Like, come on, Richie. You, you've been here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Knock it off. So the cops show up. Richie goes outside to, like, save himself. Uh, like, I think, like, Richie kind of intentionally gets arrested here. But, like, that's the, that's the end for the cops. They don't go inside. Clay yeah, is just standing right just, there. Like, Louis standing right there. five like feet away. Feet away <laughs> like, peeking at them. Well, I guess there's no reason to investigate the crime scene any further. I love Clay's whole look. Is awesome. Like, he wears, like, a three-piece suit with, yeah. like, a really high vest. He reminds me of, like, a proto-Batista, <laughs> the Guardian. A barista? The, Batista. Barista. The, yeah. Yeah, he reminds me of a barista. Yeah. I see what you're saying, though. Drax the Destroyer. He's got that look. Yeah. He's got a, a pre-Drax look. But, yeah. Pre no, I like I like his style. So we cut to the police station, and Max waiting outside for Richie to come out. I guess he's posted bail. And uh, Richie, at first... It's like, great, thanks, man. But if you're going to give me a lecture, I'm just going to peace out. But then Mac mentions that he knows Haresh Clay. And all of a sudden, he's like, all right, tell me about your horseradish. Right. 
So they go for a little drive. And another great example of like time going by and no one saying a word. Like, we need to go to, for a drive. And then like cut to clearly 25 minutes later, later. Yeah, the beginning of a conversation. <laughs> right. Oh, Teresh Clay is this guy. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay. No, on the way, let's just make small talk about what jail's like. <laughs> You're very familiar with them, Richie. And he also gives him a sword. That was Graham Ash's sword, right? Yes. Mm. I like this thing. Uh, like, Mac accounts the story of like Graham losing his head. Richie's like, maybe he wasn't as good as he thought he was. I kind of like that wrinkle yeah, in this. It's like, oh, yeah, that would be good. Like, maybe yeah, Graham was full of shit. Like, yeah. Or maybe he was really good, but you were a kid, so, like, what do you know? Right. Now you, Duncan, have been fighting for 400 years. Like, you could be much better than he ever was. Mm-hmm. This is a big sword, by the way. It seems very different than the sword he was using before. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. So now we cut back to the bar where Richie met Carter. And Richie gets handsy with Delilah. <laughs> yeah. He like grabs yeah, her great. by the arm. This is no good. Mm-mm. And he's inquiring about horseradish. And why does anyone think that he would know? Does he even know that horseradish was going to this bar? Well, I guess he was allegedly meeting his friend there. So maybe they're regulars or something. Yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah. I, I'm curious why Richie and Joe both think that this is the place to go. Right. Speaking of Joe, Joe is hiding, hiding, like, hiding like a cartoon newspaper. <laughs> Does he have a hole cut through it yeah. that he can look so can through? Peep. This woman also must have post-traumatic stress disorder from all these people coming up to her asking her about shit. Yeah. yeah, just constantly. So she doesn't tell Richie what's up. Richie leaves. Then Joe comes over, arm wrestles her. He wins. He wins. Everybody yes. else is weak. But Joe's strong. Joe Apparently. is strong. Just the kind of talent I have, he says. Mm-hmm. For brutality. Oh, boy. So, is she, like, into him? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what's going on here? Yeah, she's like, mm, salt she's and like, pepper. Ooh, uh, salt <laughs> and pepper man who can arm wrestle me. That's my the thing. silver fox. Yeah. yeah. Who reads? <laughs> who reads? <laughs> it depends on what he's reading. If that's a New York Post, he's out. <laughs> so, he passes on the free beer and exchanges that beer for answers to questions. So, since she likes them, she gives it up. She, wait, I don't, mean, I don't mean it like that. She gives it up. Yeah. So she she's a, gives so it up. <laughs> for some reason, she knows where to find Haresh Clay. Yeah. yeah what? And tells him. But I don't know. Yep. For reasons. Okay. So now we cut back to Joe's, and Duncan comes in. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Yeah, and he's like, hey, I need info now. This is such a hypocrite. <laughs> this is such, like, a dick move. Yeah, Duncan looks so bad in this whole episode. Yeah. Like, he's always being condescending, mean to Joe, or whatever the case may be. Also, I think Duncan's really selfish. Like, there's nothing has changed. The only, like, before all this happened, like, when Mac was breaking up with Joe, he knew it was Haresh Clay. He knew Richie's sword was broken. Like, he had all these pieces. The only new bit of information now he has is that Richie wants to kill Haresh. And so now he's like, no, 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 I want to do it. (laughs) Like, let me me do it. It's like, fuck you, asshole. Quick side note about the bar Delilah's. It has a neon sign that just says cold beer facing inwards. (laughs) (laughs) That's only visible from inside the store. Just saying. In any case. So now, but now Joe gives up the info. Yeah. Like, but why, like, why everybody is changing their mind willy nilly. Joey Goey. (laughs) (laughs) So Joe makes a puzzling decision here. Want to tell us about it, Keith? Sure. Joe now shows Duncan his new wrist. (laughs) His new wrist. Which no longer has the watcher tattoo. It has like a scar. He has gotten his tattoo removed. Why? 
Why does he do this? What I, about Richie and Mac is worth this? What's uh, you can't tell how they're such great friends yeah. <laughs> from previous episodes. Like Mac is constantly friend dumping Joe. He's done it several times. Mm-hmm. What tattoo appears in the opening credits of the next episode? <laughs> Uh, so then J- Joe Joe lays on an old Yiddish proverb to Mac, which Mac is able to translate. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, and the translation is roughly a man with one ass can't dance at two weddings. Yeah. And why does he make this choice? Like, why does he want to be friends with these ass hats? Like, they're being such that Get his life here. put in danger. Yeah. Like, like, he almost got executed in the past. <laughs> of executed. His, because of his decision to be friends with these people. Like... After which they friend dumped him. Mm -hmm. They're just constantly hitting him up for information and throw him away when he isn't useful. Like, forget these people. And I'm pretty sure they don't pay to drink it, Joe. No, yeah. (laughs) So they must have massive bar tabs. (laughs) Joe does say he thinks someone else can do it, which I think is important because we'll talk about that later. Now we cut to, quote unquote, some building. I guess this is where Clay has been staying. It's either a hotel, apartment building. I don't know. It's like a palatial, like, condo suite or something. So Mac is Which up there. Richie is found somehow. Who knows how he put this together? Yeah, Mac's up on whatever floor looking for Clay. Then he gets the buzz, so he hides behind the, the elevator or whatever. And uh-oh, it's Richie. They nearly have a comic misunderstanding, but uh, then they proceed to just walk through the hallways with their <laughs> swords. <laughs> swords. <laughs> I have in my notes, I wish we had some sort of like season one montage of Duncan looking for Clay. <laughs> like, <laughs> just driving around for Mumbling. hours. I have to find Clay. Where is he? Harash Clay. He's dangerous. We're all dangerous. What is danger? Let's get dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get dangerous. Darkwing Duck, Drake Ballard, Protector of St. Canard. So Mac asks how he can just stand by and let Richie fight Clay. Uh, But Richie flips the script on him. He's like, that's exactly what you want me to do, which is good. Yeah, it's a great point. But then a nerd intercepts them. That's right. Hey, is that more of you guys with swords? Uh, Which means that Clay's walking around with with his swords. That means like Clay and Carter are rocking out with their sheaths out. Yeah. (laughs) I did think it was funny when they're like, "Uh, yeah, we're Shriners. (laughs) That shows my ignorance. I don't know what Shriners are. I'm sure they don't carry swords, but... (laughs) I think, like, as some of their weird rituals they do, but they're like the guys that wear the fezes, and they drive around in little cars in parades. (laughs) (laughs) They do. You're right. Fair enough. So at this point, they make up, like, a lie, like, oh, yeah, the the other guys, like, uh, what was the cemetery again? And they pretend until Lieutenant Walter from Stargate tells them, oh, yeah, it's at, what was the name of this goddamn place? St. John's, John's, on, the John's sea? on the Sea. It's like, yeah. huh? Chevron One Locked is the name of the cemetery. <laughs> what do you guys think of this whole scene? Uh, it's it's kind of goofy. Funny. It's yeah. goofy. I think, I think that's why it's here. I was like trying to think. Yeah. I was like, this seems like filler. And I was like, I think they wanted to have a friendship scene. Like, we need something to get them back together, like on amicable terms and this something was something a little light like something lighter like the old days yeah, yeah. and i think that yeah. was what this is for i kind of i don't know i kind of liked the scene i kind of liked the oh, weird funny. shot of them like walking down the hallway with their swords and like bullshitting walter that all works for me mm-hmm. yeah it was good it was also funny. at this point well maybe later we can point it out it doesn't matter uh we should point out that like i mean it's kind of obvious mac is after clay because Clay killed his best friend without cause, it would seem. Clay is after Richie because he killed Clay's best friend without cause. Like, they both have the exact same revenge scheme. Yeah. Like, they're kind of on equal footing here. So, 
Richie's just as much of a bad guy the way Clay is a bad guy. Yes, yeah, exactly. But we come to find out that the real reason Mac is angry. <sighs> Boy, here we go. So we're, we're down at Sinjin's by the Sea. Sinjin's by the Sinj- Sea. James Sinjin Smythe. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, also, in typical Highlander fashion, they show up to a funeral, which there is no one at. I'm, yeah. I'm like, are they late? Also, there's a priest there. Where does that guy go? Yeah. Does he see any of this shit? Nah. They wait for him to leave. He jumps into the the, 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 the grave. <laughs> so yeah, Kyle, tell us about what information is revealed here. Like they're arguing about who's going to fight him, and Mac reveals to Richie that the, the real quote unquote reason that he wants to do it is because Clay teased him after the fight and was like, "Well, if you weren't such a chicken shit, like you'd come out and fight me." No? Okay, fine. Well, here's where to find me if you just change your mind. And that apparently left a real mark on Mac that Uh, this guy teased him 400 years ago. (laughs) Right. 400 years ago, this guy said something mean to him. Can I, like... He shamed me. Yeah. (sighs) Correct me if I'm wrong. Has Mac said before, that's not honor, that's vanity. Yes. Uh, Is he going to say that again? He might say it in the next episode. He's going to say it again in the very next episode? Yeah, this is really strange that... This, this is something is he vanity. would lecture somebody yeah. else about. Like, <laughs> right. oh, that's not a good reason for any of this. So and Clay's also- like, oh, I've been friends with that guy you killed for 900 years. Right. And you just fucking killed him. Yep. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah. <laughs> My squire. I also like that when Clay eventually confronts Duncan, he's like, you've come a long way since we last met. It's like, how? He just changed his clothes. Like, how do you know anything? Like, right, yeah. Maybe uh, not geographically. No, yeah. I guess so. He did come very far. <laughs> yeah. It's like halfway around the world. Virginia Slims. <laughs> Richie eventually lets Mac like do it. He's like, "Oh, Mac is like this. Is, like this is about you knowing the real me or whatever it is. Like the tr- like this isn't me trying to protect you. This is me fucking on a vengeance Being petty. Spree. Yeah, like let me do this. This means something to me. Which I will agree. Like at least this fight means something to Mac. It doesn't mean anything to Richie. It's just Richie fighting for his life. Yeah. So it's really about as long as Mac's not doing this because he wants to protect Richie. I guess it's okay with Richie." Yeah. Because he's not a kid anymore. Also, what a dick move. Oh. You just rolled in. On, you killed his friend and then rolled in at that guy's funeral to kill him. That's like, <laughs> You're right. That's like, that's like yeah. some mafia shit. Is <laughs> that what is. That yeah. is. Like, that is fucked. That's a gangland. 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 Gang- oh, back, buddy. Gangland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did anyone check out the uh, the gravestone? Got no. just his name, no birthday, no, <laughs> nothing. Well, I guess they can't put the real dates. Yeah, right. Or oh, I guess you could. What if you did that? What would a would a cemetery have problems with you? How do they get the dates that they put on there? Do they just ask when you put on the put it on the form? Oh, I don't, sure. I don't just know. Just make up yeah. shit. <laughs> just make up shit. Also, they fought in a hundred campaigns on five continents. He claims in unintentional Doctor Seuss. That is so many wars. And what continent didn't he fight on? <laughs> I'm just curious. I guess Antarctica. Yeah, but, uh, and what's the other one? Yeah, uh, I'm guessing Australia. Australia, mate. Mm. Put in that ass shrimp on the barbie. Oh boy. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> he's been there and he's done that. Yeah. But he just hasn't been on he did, campaign. He did like, do a campaign. He did do a Dungeons and Dragons campaign there. Uh, he's leaving that one out. Mm. So we get some more parallels here because before Mac takes out Clay or fights him, he's like, hey, Richie, you got to stay on holy ground. Just like Graham Ash asked Mac to stay on holy ground. And Richie's just like, okay. <laughs> Uh, so how do we like this fight? I like the location. I think it's cool that you can see like the Vancouver skyline in the background. I dig this fight. Yeah, I like that you get like, like weird long twirling. shots. 
There's some twirling. Little, There's always twirling. Little tan suit. Yeah, tan like suit twirl. Obama gaff. Huh? Tan suit. He wore a tan suit. How unpresidential. Do you remember that? No. Look up Obama tan suit. You will find Fox News flipped out and said it was one of the most unpresidential things that happened in like 30 years. He was wearing a tan suit. A tan suit. Well, it's not as bad as him wearing a bicycle helmet. But <laughs> That's right. Uh boy. So they both kind of like cut each other, like on the arm. I like the little, like it's goofy, but they each like get in a dig and they're like, ah. Yeah. And then how does this fight end? With like a spin move thing where Mac like stabs him in the back and then grabs his sword and spins it around and stabs him again. It's like a, it's a hard move to ba- It's a describe. double backstab somehow. <laughs> Yeah. It's With cool. Both swords. There's a little bit more sped up footage in this fight. Yeah. And I was I'm like, sure why? I, and like, it's not that sped up. And it's like for two moves. I'm like, was it that slow? Like, I hate when they do this. It's like, just let it be a little slower. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, it's so obvious when they do it. Yeah. It's unpleasant. It takes me out. So we get a quickening. I kind of like this well, quickening. We should note that oh. Duncan offers to let him walk away and mm. Clay rejects it. He's like, no, no, no. Yeah. It's what we do. That's it's right. The do. return of it's what we do. Yeah. Which is a big part of this episode because it was something like, as far as I know, like the writers were like, let's, we can't rely on that anymore. And this episode does rely on that. But it's like central to the episode, I think. Like it makes sense here because now, now like Richie's adopted that as like his life philosophy. Yeah. Richie was adopted? Mm hmm. They were all <laughs> he was adopted. adopted. That's right. But I like this uh, quickening. Well, first, there's uh, like, okay, there's a gold aura. All right. That rises up from her <laughs> Okay, okay. It right. surrounds... I, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with it, but I was like, what is this? I like the... Was he extra strong so uh, it was gold? I like I the sound of gold. Like, there's not a lot of music at the beginning, and it's just, like, electricity sounds, like little crackling. Mm. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Like, all that ambient noise. I like a crackle. Uh, but then, like, a bunch of clouds roll in, like, because this is a daytime quickening, so they just make it nighttime real quick. <laughs> Why isn't this, like, news? <laughs> right, yeah. Out of nowhere. Day turns to night. Yeah. <laughs> For no reason. Oh, uh, here's an and interesting Duncan, thing. Duncan, like, thrusts the sword into the ground. And then he, he picks up Harris's sword, and he, he holds it to the sky first. And I was yeah. like, what, 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 what's that? Like, what does that move? I don't know. Also, yeah, can know. you imagine, like, Richie's just watching this and just seeing Duncan be like, ooh, like, <laughs> holding it. It's like, what are you doing, bro? Richie's like, man, this guy's crazy. <laughs> but I was like, is this supposed to be some sort of, like, symbol of honor or something? I don't know. I didn't understand what that gesture yeah, was supposed to infer. Imply. Imply. Whatever. Whoops. Rammer. So the denouement is at Joe's bar. Tell us what happens. Great question. What does happen? This is very confusing. So Joe has (laughs) revealed to Richie that he has left the Watchers. And Richie's like, nah, guys in black glasses. Like, Richie all of a sudden seems very light again. Like, he seems like he's back to being Richie. Like, Well, he's not being hunted by a goddamn psychopath, so it's... I don't think we're supposed to think Harash is a psychopath. Unless you meant well, Mac. when he came through the door, he was insane. Well, that was That's awesome. true. Yeah. I would just watch that on a loop. Uh, <laughs> he's like, that didn't seem like you. But then Max, all of a sudden, like, Mr. Watcher fan club. He's like, all of a sudden, like, a watcher, you got to get back in. Yeah. No, we can't disrupt the format of the show. you got to get back in. <laughs> we got that opening credits. They can't cut that footage out <laughs> of you with that tattoo. Blur it. Yeah. They now just have to add in a scar. Yeah. <laughs> And then they're like, he's like, so will they let you back in? And Joe's like, I don't know, probably. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? No wonder this organization is in disarray. Like, I would never let you back in. Like, first, you you caused, like, the biggest disruption ever, it would seem. And you quit and then decided not to quit? It's like, no, fuck off. You're done. Like, why would you? No, 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 no. He's not well, in. So many of them are dead. They're probably desperate. <laughs> 
gelatini killed like <laughs> gelatini <laughs> killed like eighty of them. Yeah. So a gelatini. And we learned from that Watcher Chronicle that Roland Cantos apparently made one of them kill themselves. That's so true. The number keeps going up and up and up. So Mac makes this like speech about like oh like for centuries immortals have been around and Watchers have watched and recorded the history. Like one day they'll be the only one that's left. <laughs> it's like, but it's like someone them. has to be there to record the history. So and and Joe's like, uh huh, that makes sense. <laughs> it's, it's like, but like when Joe said he quit, he was like, somebody else can do it. Yeah. It's like this doesn't make any sense. It's like and all of a sudden Max like no one else can do exactly. it. Exactly. It's like no, someone else can do this. Like Joe isn't some magical historian. And is he going to have to get the tattoo honor. back? Yeah, right. <laughs> what What is this? I do not understand. Just, or is Mac just like, well, if we're friends again, I need those sweet watcher deets. So yeah. I need you to get back in there so I can get more plot points. Or is like Mac supposed to have learned a lesson or something? What? And like, Joe, you are a good watcher and I want you to, to watch because you'll tell it right. He's that... only, he's only, he didn't care that Joe, <laughs> Jesus, Max, an asshole. He did not care that Joe was concerned about Richie. The only thing, oh, this is once again. All right. So first, this, this fucking dickhead. So, <laughs> so, Rich, for, so Duncan is, it's explained to him that it's Harish Clay, Harish, whatever. And it's revealed that Richie's sword is fucked and Richie's in trouble. Mac does not care. It's not until he finds out. That he has a vendetta involved, that, or a right? And so state. then it mattered. Not until that he found out that Richie wanted to kill Harish did Duncan go, "Oh no, no, I want to do it. Let me, let me." No. And now the only thing that's changed is that Joe gave him the address to help make his revenge possible. It's like all he does is abuse this friendship. Like as long as you have shit I want, we're good. And like, yeah, Max a taker. I feel like I'm pretty harsh on Mac in my notes on yeah, these three episodes. He's, he's a real jerk. Mm-hmm. He does not come out looking good. Yep. Mm-mm. Oh, and also, then <laughs> uh, Joe's concerned about their friendship, and Mac just tosses that concern to the side. It's like, oh, we'll figure it out. It's like, what do you mean <laughs> we'll figure it out? That's a real concern. Yeah. You, People have died because of this friendship. friendship yeah. Ugh. And Mac and Richie shake hands. Happy ending. Everything's back to the way it was. Game time. Game time. <laughs> So we're going to be playing a kind of different version of WatcherTube. If you don't know, WatcherTube is the game where I make Keith and Kyle guess the Highlander episode by reading them YouTube comments. But this time it's going to be a little different. So you're going to have to tell me this is a comment on the episode Innocent Man, The End of Innocence, or The Innocent. (laughs) (laughs) Innocent Man, Innocence... (laughs) And oh, <laughs> end of boy. innocence. This oh, is already worth the innocent. So this is gonna. You're gonna <laughs> I already need to like write this down. Yeah, right. You're gonna say if it's innocent man, end of innocence, or the innocent. Oh boy. So these are three episodes of Highlander <laughs> that all have these. Things. And there's another one with an innocent theme. But um, I'm gonna read you the comment and to buzz in, say your name. Okay. And whoever says their name first, I will call on. And you can tell me the answer. Then I'll go to the other person. Round one. If this episode is bad, why my tear keep flowing like a river? Keith. Yes, Keith. The innocent. Yes. Wait, if this episode's bad, who thinks that episode's bad? I have no idea. I, I think that's it's a, a really good episode. That's like in my top three, probably. Knows. Well, I guess we got to factor in that these people are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is they an are important, that is time an important writing YouTube factor. comments. Yeah. So. Round two. This is why you can't trust cops. And and uh, Keith. Keith. And of 
Innocent. No. Innocent man. Yes. Yep. Kyle. Damn it. <laughs> I just got. I knew which one. Yeah, and I just couldn't remember which one it was. I'm like, wait, it, the, is it the innocent one? And just remember to buzz in with your name. Round three. Great show. Would mind if they made it come back. <laughs> Keith. Yes, Keith. End of innocence. No. Damn it. Kyle. Innocent man again. Yes. Oh, my God. Kyle's in the lead. You better catch up there, Keith. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But I just want to read that comment again. Great show. (laughs) Would mind if they made it come back. (laughs) That's just a typo, right? Yeah. No, maybe they'd be so upset. It was so good the first time that I'd mind if you did this again. Round four. Bookworm and Booby Loser are the epitome of sad. Wow. Uh, Kyle. Yes, Kyle. Uh, The Innocent. Yes. Can you read that one again? Bookworm? <laughs> Bookworm and Booby Loser <laughs> are the... Who are these people? I don't know. I'm guessing it's Mikey. I guess. I'm guessing he's... Who's Bookworm? Who's Bookworm? <laughs> Bookworm and Booby Loser are the epitome, <laughs> A-P-I-T-A-M-Y oh, of sad. Dope. <laughs> Round five. Stan Curse, Richie Ryan, lives in Los Angeles, where he owns and runs his own acting school. Keith. Yes, Keith. End of Innocence. Yes. So that was just like a pull one out of a hat. Well, I figured it was. That's a it's a Richie episode. Oh, that's true. That is correct. So, was, so we're all. But yeah, they're all Richie episodes. They are. Round six. I think Dunkey. Wait, no, Innocent Man is not. Not really. He's in it. He, yeah. is, he eats at the the diner. Oh, that's oh, true. That's right. Round six. This one. Oh boy. I think Dunkey and Richie are bipolar. Keith. Yes, Keith. And of Innocence. Yes. They I'm... are. That's like, they. no one can make up their mind. <laughs> yeah. Within so, seconds, they change their mind. So this is the final tie-breaking round. Uh-oh. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Each episode, Duncan and Tara kiss, and it just ruins it. Too Kyle. much. Yes, Kyle. Innocent man. Yes. Kyle wins. Woo! Wait, what's the rest of the clip? What is the what? <laughs> Each episode, Duncan and Tara kiss, and it just ruins it. Too much kissing. <laughs> Who's Tara? The ground. That's yeah. Tara. <laughs> no, I know it's death of I'm just like <laughs> yes. get it right. Get it right. Well, congratulations, Kyle. It feels good. Keith, do I finally have your respect? They do I have my respect. At the beginning of the That's episode. right. Respect it feels good, gained. One of these days, you'll know it what it feels, feels like. feels good. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. Uh, before we d- give our opinions of this episode, why don't we talk about the Watcher Chronicles? I like that we divide it that way. Like, we haven't been giving our opinions. Reveal what we really think. If we haven't, like, that we just haven't been beating the audience over the head with our opinion the whole time. First, let's talk about Graham Ash. His Watcher Chronicle says, no aliases to Janfer... Pabasa of Thebes? Huh? I don't know. Cornelius Janus or Ka. What? <laughs> or what? Ka? Ka-ka? Yeah, Ka-ka. Yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe he's Egyptian. Maybe that's it. D- Which how would does explain he walk? his... Uh, looks like Jesus. <laughs> 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 but that would explain why he knows Ramirez. I think that's uh, oh. that's why they put that name in there, that he's got an Egyptian name, too. There we go. Born 12th century BC in Troy. First death, circa 1150 B.C., killed by Greeks at the fall of Troy. Hmm. Hey. Whoops. Greeks lightning. First teacher, Agonitis of Tyrans. 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 Hey. Nailed it. All right. Uh. Whatever. Moving on. Original cultural affiliation, Trojan. Recent base of operations, Italy. Occupation, nobleman. All right. Cool. 
Uh, and there we go. There's no other information. Well, about I, I'm getting, that was <laughs> okay. like the that's the little stat roundup thing. Here we go. So it was Chronicle reads such a tragedy to befall mankind that Ash should be cut down this untimely. What gifts he still had to give the world? What wisdom to impart? A man who stood at the side of conquerors and kings and yet could still celebrate the joy and the laughter of a child or yeah. the flight of a butterfly. Oh boy. <laughs> this this watcher really had some insights in this guy. What a rare creature this was. Oh, I think he's in love. Or she. Paolo. I think he's in love. Hmm. Um, Ash was a paragon among mortal men. Master swordsman, noted lover, famed philosopher. Truly fortunate are those who studied at the feet of this great man. And they have left legends of their own. The incomparable Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. The sainted Alyssa of Thebes. The distinguished Priya Bashkar and his last student, this Highlander, Duncan McLeod. This Highlander? All right. What greatness must await him? But now Ash's legacy may live on only through the students of the master, as Harish Clay, uh, a cursed Moor, has silenced the font of wisdom. A cursed? That's what it says. Why is he a cursed? Uh, is this guy just <laughs> racist? Uh, maybe. Yo, that's racist. <laughs> All right. What do you think of that? Uh. Weird. <laughs> All right. Well, here's Harris Clay's known alias is Arashanti. All right. Uh, He's a Shanti. <laughs> <laughs> Born 801, Kumbi, Kingdom of Ghana. First death, 834. So he's not even Moorish, like the Graham Ash thing said. Keep going. Uh, First death, 834, unsuccessful tribal ritual. (laughs) What was the ritual? Unsuccessful. Hmm. All right. First teacher, Sadala, cultural affiliation, West African, recent base of operations, Chicago, Illinois. Occupation, businessman. (laughs) Explains that suit. Yep. All right. I think when Carter died, Harish lost his reason to live. In his final fight, the spark just wasn't there. The drive that made him a formidable opponent for 11 centuries was gone. It died with Carter. It is so rare to find someone like Carter was to Harish, the perfect companion, the one perfect love. They were so different, so opposite, and yet so very right for each other, like a glove and the hand that modeled for it. Interesting. So so this is like they're going to the bone zone. Yes, the Ashanti warrior... And the Carter's son from the outskirts of London for 900 years in war, in peace, in rage, in celebration. Together through it all. When Richie Ryan killed Carter, he also killed Haresh. McLeod only picked up the pieces and sent him to be with his soul's companion. Wow. Interesting. Lovebirds. Lovebirds. R.I.P. R.I.P. Read the sign. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, last watch chronicle of this episode is for Carter Whalen. Oh, I forgot all about that. Yeah. Uh, born 1052, Kingston, England. First death, 1072, killed by brigands while carting goods to London. First teacher, Harish Clay. Original cultural affiliation, English. Recent base of operation, Chicago. Here we go, guys. Occupation. Companion. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> whoop. Known alias is Leather Boy. <laughs> <laughs> His Watcher Chronicle is the exact same thing as Harish's. Oh, that's fine. So that's it. Lame. That's lame indeed. <laughs> So what do we think of Season 5, Episode 2, End of Innocence? I really like this episode, and I wish, not necessarily that, like, Haresh was around longer or something like that, but I wish the state of play established in this episode persisted. I think it's, like, a nice little arc of, like, the Richie Joe Mac trifecta putting things back together is something that should have been given more room to breathe. Like. They're literally only friendship broken up for one episode, effectively. 
You know, like yeah. it just is. It isn't satisfying. I agree. I like this episode a lot, but the weakest part is just the flip flopping, and it it just it takes for me. It takes me out of it because it all just happens so quickly. And it's yeah. like if this was just spaced out a little bit, I'd be like, oh, this all feels natural and good. Like the, all these motivations for like characters wanting to help each other and not wanting to help each other. Like the conflict is all real. I think and good. There, there was no opportunity for people to re- learn the right lessons in between, mm-hmm. and we also didn't get to like appreciate this new character of who Richie is. Yeah, or like you know, establish a new equilibrium for a little while. Also, the the concept, I, I think you had mentioned this earlier, but like a Richie Mac confrontation for a while would be really satisfying, I yeah, think. they should go at it. Like, they don't have to kill each other, but like, I want to see him fight. Yeah. Mac let, fights his friend all the, all the time. He has no problem doing that. Yeah. Like, let them be antagonists yeah. for a while. Yeah. This comes back to like, I wish they did the, the evil Duncan arc a little more. Right. That would have been cool, too. Yeah. But, oh well. Just let this stuff go on for a while like this episode relies on things that happened last season that it doesn't summarize for you really so it's not like they were so concerned about it being you know episodic what does it rely on that they didn't summarize there was like no there wasn't really like a previously on x-men like but they do it like in the episode like there's all the dreams that he's having and then he has a recap with joe like oh do you think mac would really come after me like i don't know i think it's recapped yeah internally I kind of like it when it's internal to the episode as opposed to, like, previously on. Amy, what do you think? Uh, I really liked it. Um, Clay is awesome. Him busting through the door, like, bumps this up like a star. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, like, <laughs> like that's no in my top what, 20 moments for sure. Yeah, that's really awesome. Richie gets some good acting in on this episode. You got a cool movie tie-in, good fights. The worst thing about the episode is what an a-hole Duncan is. Yep. Yeah, he's such a butt. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Richie is two to Joe, but, like, they're just such dicks. And it makes Joe just seem really like a doormat. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Joe's the only one. Tr- he's, like, Joe's actively trying to, like, let me do something. Let me fix this in some way. How can I repair our friendship? Like, here's some info. Help your friend. Oh, you don't want that? How about I just change my entire life for you? Yeah. Is that okay? Like, please accept me. Oh, change it back. Let us yeah. let me mutilate myself in order to <laughs> yeah. stay friends with you. Like, that's a very painful yeah. process to get a tattoo removed. And he, like, has to dump all his other friends. And now he, like, he to- makes some comment about, like, oh, I'm going to miss everybody. It's like, yeah. And now he has to get tattooed again. <laughs> this is like if Duncan and Joe were married, because they act like a married couple half the time. Like this would be like if Joe Duncan was like, I don't want you to see your like you're my my wife now or husband. Like you, you can't see your friends. It's my time. Yeah. It's like you have to, you can't see anybody else. Fuck you, Duncan. Yeah, it's messed up. Yeah, but this is a good one. Yeah, this is definitely must see stuff. Mm-hmm. Must see TV. Should we uh, rate, rate it? it? Keith, how many tan vests would you give this episode? Well, I love a vest. I, know. I love a man in a vest. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a three. Ooh. Ooh, do you think that's bad or good? Well, as we all know, my threes are <laughs> across the board. This episode was dumb. Four. Uh, <laughs> I'll give it a three because I think there's just some stuff that's like missing uh from it that i want i don't know maybe maybe i'm going a little low for this but uh i don't know i think it's a great i I think it's a good episode like i almost feel like this is a like the conflicts like the weird parallelisms like oh like richie's really the bad guy like everyone's done this to each other at some point like how everything kind of parallels itself is really cool clay is a cool looking villain like i like that he's like a sharp dressed handsome dude like he kind of reminds me of xavier in that way like 
that he's not like line of fire text Randall Tex Cobb. Yeah. Like, because a lot of villains are kind of like grotesque or like they're creepy and weird. Like, he's not that way. Oh, Jerry opened up a restaurant, Tex Mex Cobb. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> They serve Tex Mex and corn there. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's the only things on the menu. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I really like this episode. I, although I, I wish there was maybe a little bit more explanation given for Clay. Like, I feel like it makes it make Clay seems really evil the way he like taunts Mac. That doesn't seem evil to me. Oh, really? Well, like he fights the guy and then he's like, do you want to fight? Two, oh no, you're a coward. Well, he calls him a coward and stuff. I mean, like, he calls him a coward. And also, Mac is literally scared to fight him. Sure, Uh, but I I think it seems like he he, they they make him seem like more of a bad guy because like he attacks Graham like presumably unprovoked. I think I don't know. We don't like we don't know. You're right. Like it's it's all pretty nebulous. Uh, Yeah, I tend in my mind like to think that maybe there was some beef that they had. He did kill him after he begged for his life. Yeah, like I mean. Is that the standard, though? They literally fight in death matches. If someone says, please don't kill me, I'm unsure. I, I'm legitimately unsure how to factor that in. Yeah. Just because, like, I don't know. If Randall Tex Cobb, well, not Randall Tex Cobb, bad example. But, like, if some of, like, the villain of the week Immortals were like, please don't kill me, is Mac evil if he kills them? Right. Probably not. Right. Probably not. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe a poor example, but. But we don't get any other impression. Like, we don't know anything else about clay's backstory there's like zero backstory so who knows what he does on a day-to-day basis yeah he's a member of the pta he's a Mm. businessman we know that yeah with a companion with a companion (laughs) (laughs) is he a doctor who yeah uh amen how many arm wrestling matches would you give this episode 3.5 3.5 yep I like this one. I was just thinking as you were talking, Richie kind of gets away with murder on this episode. Yes, he does. Like, you mean literally? Yeah. He kills this person who didn't really do anything to him. And I know it's the game, but that's pretty pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's. I mean, it's kind of messed up, but there is an aspect of the show that wants you to accept it. Right. Like, when you think about the way Mac defends Kenny and what right. he does. And we'll see it in true. the next episode, too, is yeah. that, hold on, you can't. This is somehow outside the law. So. Right. Yeah. There's a big undercurrent in this show that wants you to think that that's acceptable. Right. See, but, but, like, but that's the, the problem the... is that Mac, though, won't accept that for some people. Like, Mac Mac will go after people and be like, they didn't deserve to die. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. And even... Is it, is, it, is it what we do? Like, Richie... Like, Mac should be pissed at Richie. I mean, maybe he is, but didn't seem like it at the end of the episode. No. And, like, Haresh Clay, his... Mac is doesn't like uh, seemingly doesn't want to kill him but it's what we do is enough to convince him to take his head yeah right but right like that's it like he does it's not like he says like you got to kill me i'll never stop coming after richie right he just says like no this is like no you should kill me that's that's what we're here for you should do it and right. Max like, okay a big part of mac seems to accept that as a premise mm. at times but yeah. other right times, when no. it's convenient yeah for his selfish ass <laughs> yeah Kyle, how many gasoline-doused motorcycles would you give this episode? This is three motorcycles dripping with petrol. Um, the, the villain in this, I think, is great. I totally dig a lot of the visuals. I love some of the visual touches with like him giving Richie Graham Ash's sword. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Frankly, if this was like setting up a new equilibrium... And was like given more time to breathe. I think this has like great bones, great structure. The conflict here does set up really well, like the new Richie. 
Like, I think it does a great job of setting the table on, minus the weird motorcycle bit, like, does a great job setting the table on, like, who this character is moving forward. You know, I think in a different world, this could be a five. Totally. What would have maybe been more interesting, because you said, like, oh, this if this was used to set the stage of a new dynamic, maybe Mac shouldn't give Richie Graham's sword. But after Mac finishes the deal with Clay, Richie picks up Clay's sword. That'd be cool. Because, like, it's like, oh, like, we can see now that Richie's more aligned with Clay's philosophy. If Clay's philosophy in the flashback was, like, opposed to Graham's, which was like, oh, we should not, we should fight to live or whatever. Like, Clay obviously has this other philosophy of, oh, it's what we do. I'm just out to kill and win. Richie picking up Clay's sword would be symbolic of Richie embracing, for, like, solidifying that, that philosophy for himself. Yeah, I like Which would that. be cool. That'd be super cool. I'm into it. Mm. <laughs> Taters. Yeah. Uh, Sling is... Blade coming to the room. <laughs> yeah, this is our new guest host, Cookie Monster. <laughs> that's a sometimes food. That's from the episode The Innocent? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Uh, Any final thoughts? Good episode. Good, good episode. episode. It is a good episode. Yeah. This is a good this episode. This is a must-see episode. Yeah. In my view. I want to see Joe again and see if he gets his tattoo back. He does. Okay. My favorite part of the episode is the Graham Ash, like, philosophical stuff. I think, that's, I think that's really, like, well-written stuff. It yeah. is good. Yeah. yeah. Good job, Maury Ravinsky. Mm. Yeah. Well-written. Good script on this bad boy. Thanks, everybody, for joining us this week. Uh, make sure to head on over to iTunes. Give us a rating, or you can... Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> or head on over to Spotify or SoundCloud. Or Stitcher, wherever you like to get your podcasts and give us a rating. It exposes us to new Highlander fans. Thanks again for joining us. Join us next week where we're going to be talking about Season 5, Episode 3, Manhunt. We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Leatherboy. Bye. 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 Ah, <laughs> it starts with ah, come on. <laughs>